Has anyone um, seen those stickers or signs? There's a huge one now on Lakeshore Drive uh, going south. Uh, they say it's like a kind of a rectangle with rounded edges, and inside, in all lowercase, it says, You are beautiful. People seen those? Um, I, uh, I don't want to rain on anyone's parades, but I find those very annoying. <laughs> uh, and if, if you've had a movie experience in, in the face of one of those stickers, like I, am, um, I don't want to deny that experience. I think they're, they're, they're beautiful and they're well-intentioned. Um, but I, I uh, kind of can't stand them. I, and in part, it's, um, I think I feel guilty about that because it's the, exactly the kind of thing I should love. It's, um, you know, doing church, uh, uh, feeling called to this kind of work. So much of it is about pretty much that can be summed up that way. A lot of, a lot of what um, the, the gospel is talking about is sort of, especially um, as interpreted through like a kind of reformation perspective, which is where I come from, is that this idea of grace, like, no, you are good, you're beautiful, like, you are okay, that's the first step, except that you're, that you're not in need of any improvements, you don't need to struggle to get better, it's like, so I love, like, the, the, the message I should love, also, I was really into, like, street art when I was a teenager, we would, my friends and I would put stickers up, um, one sticker we put was, it said, I'm changing the planet, ask me how, we put on the bumpers, to, bumpers of SUVs in my uh, suburb. Um, <laughs> we didn't get caught. And so I like, I like that kind of subversive, oh, I'm like injecting a kind of a, a little message into the, the, the landscape, like I, I should love this. Um, and I think, uh, I think the reason I don't is like it's something that's such an intense Thing when we really can accept that we're beautiful, when, or when someone we really have, we really respect or we really trust uh, gives us that kind of message, tells us like, no, you are good, you're beautiful. Like, that's such an intense part of life when we can really touch that, that this kind of prefab sticker or sign made by someone and that there are a bajillion of them, um, and in a sort of cliched way, like it just, it feels even more um, icky. It doesn't stick to me like a sticker should. It's icky, not sticky. Just keep up with that on the fly. <laughs> um, sorry. So uh, that's not like a major point. Um, this week, we're, I'm supposed to talk about healing the world. We've had this little mini series. We talked about kind of like healing in general, then uh, healing in relationships. Uh, healing uh, in relation to God or, or the source of, of, our, of our life and, and, our, and our, he our ultimate healing. Um, healing uh, somehow in ourselves, like the, the, that we in our, within us contain what we need to be healed. Um, and I was going to talk today about healing the world, and I sort of am going to get there, but I, um, I'm interested in uh, in the fact, like, I don't know if very many of you feel this way, um, but I feel like healing the world, um, healing society, uh, changing the world is something that all of us kind of want to do. And I'm guessing all of us feel like we haven't done enough or a, a ton to do it. 
Um, sometimes I feel like I've talked about wanting the world to be better. I've had conversations. I've, I've said, that is messed up, or that sucks. Like, I've, I've used my words to decry injustice or, or, um, or like, launch a tiny little hope for, for things to be different. Um, and even the kind of activism or, or social justice or service stuff I've done often feels like um, it's a lot of words. I mean, you go to a protest, they chant, and then you get to the end, and then someone has a loudspeaker, and they say more words. And, um, and, and I think that can feel like, oh, we're not doing anything. I haven't done much. I've, I've said some words, but those are idle words. Um, and that's, you know, in our language, that seeped in, oh, it's, he's all talk. Um, like, we kind, of, we kind of think that just words are ineffectual, that, that um, we want to be people of action. That's where real change or, or healing comes. Um, but I want to suggest, in, in looking at this passage a little bit, that we, most of the time, hugely undervalue the power of words, that even if all we have is our words, even if all we have is words, um, that it can, they can do a lot more than we think. And uh, that sticks in Stone's pass <laughs> line, who we don't know it. Interestingly, the first time it was in print was in a, an African-American Christian publication in the 18th century in the United States. But it probably goes back further. Um, but that phrase itself, as you probably have figured out, um, kind of disproves itself. It undermines itself. If it's true that words can never hurt us, why do we need this little word shield, this little mantra to deflect bad, like word, hurtful words? Or to, to remind us that, oh yeah, words can't hurt me, but I need to say that in words to remind myself. Um, clearly words have hurt you. Clearly you're trying to use words to um, either, yeah, shield or, or build yourself back up. Um, so the scene with Jesus, so Robert did a great job of reading, but there's a lot going on there, and I want to just uh, uh, draw your attention to a couple things. Um, the first thing is that uh, this, is, this passage is all about um, healing through words. Uh, the centurion says, well, so he tells Jesus that his servant boy is lying paralyzed in his house in terrible pain. Um, Jesus says, I'll come to heal him. The centurion answered, sir, I don't deserve to have you under my roof. Only say a word and my son will be healed. And why does the centurion know that words are so powerful? Well, he, he says, I am also a man under orders with soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. So this is a guy who does not undervalue the power of words because his whole... Uh, role in the army and in, in, in the Roman army is to through words to issue commands and sh stuff happens stuff gets done he knows that words spoken in the right way with the right sort of context of meaning you know he's has power like can do a ton of stuff um, and at the same time 
his words, his sort of action, his, his, his ability to do things with words, can't heal this servant he loves. Interesting side note, there's a lot of debate in, in uh, biblical studies about what this word means. And Matt, our biblical scholar, might know this. But the, um, the word is pais. Is that, is that more or less right? Which means to be child or boy. Um, some scholars have, have suggested that that word, well, there's evidence for this, that that word was often used. It could mean child, boy, servant, slave. It could also mean the sort of subordinate in a same-sex sexual relationship. Um, and there have been not just one, but several scholars who have said, why would this officer in the army um, go to such great lengths for his servant? Now, I think other scholars would say, well, and, and Matt actually told me about this recently, that servants and slaves at that time are different from our concept. We have to kind of get rid of our notions of what a servant or slave is in some ways, that a, a servant or a slave could be, um, have a, a tremendous amount of power or um, authority or responsibility um, in their, they could also almost become above other people in society. So this, this could be, the, the point is that he might be gay, he might not. And I kind of love that because I kind of love that Jesus doesn't say anything about it. Like I love, I imagine Jesus being like, "Okay, your um, your gay lover is sick. Um, let's heal him." Like like not making not making a big deal out of it, not mentioning it. I think that's kind of a, a beautiful thing to imagine. But there's no there's not evidence either way. Um, anyways, um, this guy, the centurion, is running all around. He's a, he's a man used to the power of words to get things done, to order people um, to do stuff he wants. Um, and Jesus uh, says, um, well, Jesus doesn't say much at first. Jesus listens. He says, hearing him, Jesus was amazed. And then he gives a little speech to his followers. The, uh, what he does is very different than what we might expect um, if you've ever had, has anyone ever had this happen to them, but uh, a, a religious person, could be a Christian or not, says something that um, makes you, gives you the heebie-jeebies. Um, <laughs> they like, they say something like, they don't know you, but they say, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Or have you let Jesus into your heart? Or how is your walk with the Lord, is what I've heard. Um, and they don't, know a lick, they don't know a thing about your life. I think this is, this is uh, something I like to kind of make fun of religious people for in my mind, like, like this sort of idea that you could have a prefab question or a prefab word to say to someone to somehow like put their life on the right track or, or give them the healing they need or, or bring them new life. But it's really not much different from that sticker, that, that liberal artsy, you are beautiful sticker. That one phrase or one, one perfect question could, could kind of cut to the core of someone and make them see uh, what's, what's been going wrong or how they're not feeling healed or loved. Um, so Jesus does something very different. He, uh, 
he says, go back home, go back to your home. Since you've had faith, let the event take place for you. And his son was healed in that hour. And then later it says, um, when he's talking about other healing, he attended our sicknesses and removing our diseases. So what I want to say is that there are two very different kinds of, of different ways of using words. One is the centurion way. And this is a way that I often fall into when someone comes to me and they're uh, in need or, or um, hurting. I instantly think, like, what can I say? What do I do? What, what's the right thing to do here? How do I fix it? Um, and the, the second you start doing that, you're like the centurion running all around, um, thinking that with our words or with the right, the right word, the right action, the right phrase, we could, we could make someone better. Um, that's what we do in our own lives. That's what I do in my own life. I'm like, what's the, like, what's the right, uh, what's the magic word that I need right now? What's, how do I get back on track? How do I stop feeling anxious right now? How do I reprioritize myself? What is the right word? Um, I think, in a weird way, what Jesus did by telling him to go home was give him permission to not have the right words. Uh, it was to say, like, yes, you're someone who has all this amazing power. You can do so much, but you can't do anything right here. You can't heal your, your sick child, servant, lover, beloved. Um, what, if we, uh, what if we started to do that more? What if we stopped looking for the right words and learned to better to do what Jesus did, which was to listen, to hear, to attend, to hold, to pay attention, um, and to know that what we say in those moments with people we love is really, really important. It's more important than we could ever know. We have the power with what we say, whether we respond with a prefabricated stock answer, oh, oh it's going to be all right, oh, I'm sure, um, just, just don't worry about it, oh, pray about it, or, you know, if, if we have the right word, like, that, that matters. <laughs> it also matters if we let go and listen and attend and trust that, um, the words, even if they're stammering and stumbling and kind of awkward, even if the word is like, I don't know what to say, I just care about you so much, I wish I had the right words. That really matters. There's a huge amount of power there. Um, this, uh, this story is about healing a child, it seems. You know, Jesus heals this child. Um, but I think it's actually also about how children can heal us. Um, when we look to children, you know, humans especially, as you all know, know I'm sure, and I've been thinking about this a lot, that uh, you know, a lot of little animals can kind of do the thing that an adult version of them can do pretty early. Um, but a human being is this helpless <laughs> little puddle of humanity <laughs> for like a long time. Um, that this child in this story points us to um, sometimes, and I think most often, what we really need to do when we need to heal, which is to go home, stop running around thinking like we can bark the right things into being, go home, attend, be with, 
um, stay in that place of helplessness together. I think we'd be surprised what kind of healing can come there. Um, I want to end with a quick little story. The, uh, when I was, it's a story about a child healing me, um, a child I don't really know. When I was in third grade, I switched to public school and um, didn't have a lot of friends yet. Um, I was kind of scoping out the scene. I found, uh, not too long ago, I found a journal entry from, we had to write a journal each day. My teacher was like, okay, first thing we do of the day, write for 15 minutes. I won't read what you write. I'll just check off that you, that you wrote something. I wrote in this journal, um, first day of school, third grade, Gatewood Elementary. These are the girls in the, my class I think are cute. And I just listed Sarah, Susan, I, I, like, like maybe 10 girls. And then throughout the year, I had crossed off <laughs> names so that by the end, there were only like two or three left. Um, and uh, that's, that's you know, what I was thinking about. Um, but I remember within the first, maybe first few weeks of school, there was a girl in my class I won't mention her name in case she listens to this podcast. But she, on the playground, on the playground she said to me, um, oh, an important detail, I had a rat tail. <laughs> um, uh, and I called it a ducktail, but I looked up ducktails are very different. Ducktail, the fawns on Happy Days had a ducktail. It's like combed back, kind of they connect. A rat tail, I, I had a rat tail like the long stringy thing that you know goes. My mom, my parents didn't cut my hair since I was ba a baby, it was my baby hair. And I, I didn't know if I thought it was cool or not cool, I did, it was just my hair. But a girl in the playground um, said, your hair looks like a girl. And I um, went home that day and asked my mom to cut off my rat tail. My duck tail, but it's a rat tail. And you know, it was better. I don't, I don't feel like this is something that I've thought about a lot in my life or like um, talked about in therapy, that incident in particular. But it sure didn't feel good. It was very um, embarrassing, shameful. Um, and I didn't realize maybe the little wound that I had still been nursing from it until two months ago on Facebook. Um, uh, a friend of mine who's kind of a mentor helping me with ordination has a, has a young boy named Sebastian. He's like seven, I think, seven or eight. And let me read you her Facebook post about Sebastian. Sebastian's a special little kid. Construction worker. So it's like, like a little play. Construction worker to Sebastian, who is wearing a Superman shirt. It's in parentheses. Hi, Supergirl. Sebastian. Hi. Me, the mom, breezily, trying to remind construction workers that little boys can have medium-length hair. Sebastian has beautiful kind of hair that comes down to here. It's Superman, actually. Sebastian. Mom, I can pretend to be Superman or Supergirl. Me. You're absolutely right. That was a good reminder for me. When I read this, I started to kind of tear up and cry a little bit. And I just, um, and of course I instantly thought of that time in third grade, this new school. And I was struck by how the mom wasn't like, the mom was, the mom was 
called out <laughs> on her own on her own little lingering bias. She's a feminist. She wants, you know, not to, but, but her son he had this just kind of like um, wisdom. Uh, and, and it gave me hope uh, that healing comes when we least expect it. Not just healing that we need in our own lives, but maybe even healing in a bigger picture. Maybe like things are going to be all right. If, little, if there are like little Sebastians out there. Um, or maybe we need to listen more to those little people. Amen. <laughs>